to this uh, instructional video on how to put a baby to sleep. Um, do you want to go to sleep? It's never really that easy, so the shush train. The standard blanket that you renamed Blanky. Works every time. Method acting. Oh man, must be time for you to go to sleep. Sleep time, sleepy. Sleepy. Oh. You gonna go to sleep? The tap out. I'll go get your mum. The hypnotist. And sleep. The dad that doesn't know a single lullaby. Twinkle, sleep now. Do you want a piece of me? And sleep. Uh, the big awkward dad giant baby sleepover. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. Uh, lying down. Lying down now. And sleep. The bribe dad. If you go to sleep, I'll let you climb the curtains tomorrow. They give up. All right, high five. See you in the morning. See ya. See ya. Bye. The tiptoe. Yeah. Uh, and that was how to put a, uh, a baby to sleep. High five. And let's show our dad some love. Come on, show dad's love. You got a dad around you? Hug him. Hug him right now. Hug the dads. Give him a high five. Tell him you love him. No dad wants a hug. Don't hug that dad. We don't like hugs. Oh, man. Hey, we just want to uh, thank you moms for giving us an opportunity to be dads uh, and going through all that you go through. Uh, I'm a dad to the fourth power. Uh, and I love being a dad. Seriously, though, how many dads do we have? Just raise your hand, Dad. I'm not going to make you get up, dads. Man, wow. A lot of dads in the house today. So, awesome. How awesome was it to baptize a, a, a dad and his son today? That, that was pretty cool. Well, if you're new to Core Church, my name is uh, Pastor Brad. I'm glad that you are here today. I'm glad on Father's Day, maybe you got dragged here by your family, and you're just like, listen, I'm here because afterwards we're going to eat, and that's cool, just, but I'm glad you're here, and uh, what we're going to do is just talk about Jesus for a few minutes, and I hope that what you hear today will just bring you some hope, and maybe even bring you a little bit more understanding. You may have a lot of questions about who Jesus is, and hopefully today we'll be able to help you with that a little bit. We're going to talk about something that Jesus said uh, when he was walking this planet. Uh, after the service, uh, I'll be available. I will be in the next step room. I'd love to meet you and say hi uh, and, and just get to know you a little bit. We are in what we are uh, calling the summer of Sabbath. Say yes to rest. Saying yes to faith, family, and friends. Uh, how many of you were here last Sunday when we kicked it off? Okay, about 
a lot of you were. Okay, if you were not here last week and you're like, I don't even know what Sabbath means. I don't even know what this whole summer thing is about. I won't take time for that. I don't have time to do that. But go back, listen to the podcast, and you'll discover what really Sabbath is about. It's, it's the world is pushing rest away from us, and we are just tired, and we are wore out. And we decided, you know what, let's push back a little bit. Let's push back on it, and let's reinstitute this thing that God gave to us, this Sabbath, this idea of rest, which is way bigger than just coming to church. But it's about faith. It's about saying yes to family. Here's what I'd say to you. If you find it a struggle to be in the house of God, to be in church, because you're just busy, you're crazy busy, I encourage you to listen to the podcast. If you find it difficult to say yes to your family, like you're always putting them off because you got that email to return, or I got to get, once I get this done, then we're going to go do this, you need to go back and listen to the podcast. Or if you find yourself talking to your friends, and I do this all the time, hey, we need to get together sometime, and sometime never comes, go back and listen to the podcast. I think it'll really encourage you, it'll really help you, it's going to help you to find uh, rest. So we're in our series. This is week two of our series called Stress Leveled, where we're talking about this idea of stress. And today we're going to be in the book of Matthew. So if you have a Bible, go to Matthew. Uh, If you don't have one, we give them away for free in the next step room after the service. Come get one and grab it. We'd love to put one in your hands. If you didn't bring one today, um, I'll just read it for you and and you can just uh, listen as I read it. But uh, would you stand as we read this morning Matthew Chapter 11, while you're looking that up, Matthew chapter 11, let me tell you who Matthew is. Matthew, if you're new to church, was a disciple of Jesus. He was one of the 12 who followed Jesus, um, was a tax collector, was a sinner saved by Jesus, and then went on to become a, a preacher and spread the gospel of Jesus. And he wrote this letter as an account of Jesus' life so that we would have it. And we're going to be in Matthew chapter 11. I read out of the New Living Translation. So if you're wanting to follow along, that's the NLT. Verse 28, Matthew 11 and verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Let's pray as we prepare to hear from God's word today. So, Father, this is your day as much as it is for us as dads, and I pray that as we gather today, that the things that we do in this place make you proud. We're, we're proud to call you dad. We're proud to call you our, our father. And so we would ask you as as our Heavenly Father to just come now and speak to us all in this moment. Uh, Those of you that call Core Church home, I want to encourage you to pray for those people around you. Uh, Do that out loud, but let's just pray for one another right now that we would be open to what God wants to say. Pray that your heart would be open. Pray for me as your pastor that I'm going to be faithful to what God wants us to hear today. And if you're ready to hear from God... In Jesus' name, give me a big amen. You may be seated. So it's summer, and, and I think one of the hardest things about summer is watching people having fun while you're stuck here. Uh, <laughs> 
That's somebody who's having a staycation. Um, it's just frustrating, especially if you're on social media. Because people are all posting their pictures, aren't they? Oh, look at us. We're having such a great time. Like, blah, 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 blah. And you're scrolling through them and you just get more miserable by the moment. Like, they're posting it because they think, everybody wants to see where I am right now. No, we don't. Because all it does is remind us we're not there. It's so frustrating. So here's what I did. I grabbed a few pictures off of Facebook. This might be you that I'm about ready to put on the screen. All right, so like this one right here. You can't even see the people in this one. This is Bob and Debbie Hansen who do core community. They prepare our meals for core community. And uh, they, you can't see them because this line, they're 200 feet up in the air, parasailing over the Gulf of Mexico. Thank you for posting that one. Shortly, go back, go back, go back. Please go back. Shortly after this picture was taken, they fell into that ocean and were eaten by sharks. It was just um, it's brutal. No, I'm kidding. I think they're here. Okay, good. <laughs> that would be... A, you are here. That's good. That's good. Okay. All right. Okay, now this one here. Oh, so this one here, this is one that just got me personally. This is a pastor friend of mine. Pastor friend of mine. Just, oh, yeah, he's doing the work of the Lord, isn't he? Oh, just, yes, sacrificing all for Jesus on his way to the Caribbean with his wife. Like, take the picture just in case you don't know just how much fun we're getting ready to have. In fact, you aren't going to be on a boat this big <laughs> up until midnight eating yourself, I mean, to oblivion. So this is a frat pastor friend of mine. Here's another one. Anybody recognize that? You know that place? What is from? Well, 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 well. At least I know the crowd I have here today. So this is somebody, of course, they're not in the picture because it's there in Sin City. Jesus, 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 help them. So now I, I went on vacation my, myself, um, and so I thought I would show a few of the places uh, that I've been. Here's the first place I went. I um, <laughs> photobombed this couple at the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I had no idea. Wait till they get home and see that picture. Uh, then there was, oh, yeah. Climb Mount Everest. That was just a, all, in a, all in a day's work. And then, um, oh, and then this one right here. I was on the uh, space station. I've been getting around a little bit this summer. And, uh, and then finally, uh, I went um, surfing. Went surfing. <laughs> great time. Great time. It, it seems that everybody is having fun. And, and meanwhile, we're just stuck here in the chaos and the stress of life. That, that's why we've declared this the summer of Sabbath. Say yes to rest. Let's say that together. Say yes to rest. It always seems as if rest is just out of reach. Like, one day I'm going to get there. And then, so then you, you think, if I can just get there, then I can rest especially during the summer on vacation. Is it not true? I do that. You do that. You think, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go away, and I'm going to rest. 
The problem with that is, is you go away, you leave your stress, and you go away and you rest only to come back to what? Stress. It's, a, it's just waiting on you. So is it possible for us to find rest in the midst of stress, in the midst of the busyness of life, in the midst of the, the chaos? And Jesus seems to indicate in his teachings that, yes, we, we can. We can find rest in the midst of stress. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Let's go back to that. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Turn to somebody and say, get some rest from your stress. Get some rest from your stress. Get some rest from your stress. Get some rest from your weariness. Jesus says, I can give you rest from your weariness. The truth is most of us are running at an unsustainable pace and we are completely overwhelmed. You came in here at 300 miles an hour, you're gonna leave here at 300 miles an hour. You're already thinking about the five or six things you gotta do when you get home to prepare for this lunch and then I gotta do this and then I gotta do the outside, I gotta take care of this stuff outside and then I gotta do five loads of laundry and then I gotta make some lunches for some stuff and then I've gotta go to work in the morning and then I've gotta return that email before I go to work and then, oh yeah, I've gotta arrange for the kids because I gotta get them someplace and then they gotta, I got ball practice the next time and you are just so overwhelmed overwhelmed by the stress. Like here's how you know your stress. Like you look over and your spouse is vacuuming the kids and bathing the carpet. That's how you know you just reached your limit. But Jesus also says, I can give you rest from your burdens. Like many of us are weighed down and we are worn out by life. So I, I can relate to that as your pastor. I should be the one person that it, 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 carrying the mantle of being the anointed one of God, yeah, that I should never get weary or heavy burdened. But man, I am telling you these last eight weeks of my life, that describes the last eight weeks of my life. Eight weeks ago when my mom has a stroke and my wife goes in for emergency surgery all on the same day. And for the next five days, I'm going from one hospital to the next hospital, running home, trying to take care of the kids and running back to the hospital. Then I, I finally get them all home and then I'm, I'm a caregiver Thank you, Jesus, for the grace and mercy on that one for the next, like, four weeks where I'm helping my mom a little bit and I'm helping, helping Laura. And then in the midst of this, my mom's, you remember this? I talked about this. My mom's cat dies in the middle. So I'm burying a cat in the middle of these eight weeks. And then two weeks later, our cat dies. So I'm burying our cat. And I'm just like, enough. This is enough. In fact, I, got, I finally just was like, forget it. And I looked over at um, Laura and I looked at my daughter Sky when when our cat died, and I could just tell it just it just it just jacked him up. It just really really messed him up. And I was like, I've had enough of this. And I'm like, we're not waiting. We're just gonna go get another cat. And and I, I actually love cats. I think cats are just awesome because they got attitude. And and so I'm, you know, I, I'm so I'm gonna surprise them. And so I go to the pet store and and I go there and it's it's pet adoption day and they've got like this special on on pets, but they're all kittens. I don't like kittens. I like full-grown cats. And all they have is just a plethora of kittens. And I'm not, 
I don't want a kitten. And I look over in one of the cages and there's this orange kitten and he's like four weeks old. And I'm like, oh, that's our cat that died was orange. I don't know if I should get an orange cat. And then the lady's like, do you want to hold him? I'm like, I don't like kittens. Okay, yeah, hold him. So here I am holding this, this cat fit in the palm of my hand. He was so small. He weighed probably two pounds. And so I'm holding him like this, and I'm standing in the middle of this pet store, everybody around, and he looks up at me, and he's like, hey. <laughs> and I look down at him, and I, and I go, you're such a good kid. You're such a good kid. I break down in the middle of the pet store. All six foot four, 225 pounds of me, holding a one-pound kitty kitty. Mama, is that man having a breakdown? Yes, he is, honey. Let's just move over. Let's get you a fish. <laughs> Have you been there? Hey, okay. <laughs> Every man in the place. Nope. Just going to go on record right now. Nope, honey. Ain't never been there. Have you ever been weary? Have you, have you ever carried a heavy burden? How many of you have ever felt weary? Maybe you feel weary now or you're carrying a heavy burden. Okay, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just, you're so weary and you're so burdened, you can't even get your hand up. You're, you're so tired. Listen, this is the thing about life. Life does not apologize, does it? Like life doesn't come along and go, hey, 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 listen, I know you've been having a really tough time of it and I'm, I'm just gonna ease up on you. I'm going to take it easy on you. You get back to me and you let me know when you can handle some more stress. No! Life just keeps on coming, does it not? If you wonder if you are in a stressful situation, I'm going to give you three things. You may want to write these down, and I think these will help you. Three things that will help you to determine if maybe you're just a little bit stressed, okay? Stress will manifest itself, I've seen, in at least three areas. One of three things is going to happen. You're either going to break down, you're going to burn out, or you're going to blow up. You're going to break down. You're going to be in the middle of a pet store and start crying. Okay, you're going to, you're going to blow up. You're going to, you're, going to, you're going to get angry or blow up at a friend or, or a family member, or you're just, you're, just going to, you're just going to burn out. And here's what happens when you, when you break down, you blow up, or you burn out. The next thing that happens is we tend to just check out. It's, it's kind of like binge-watching on Netflix. How many of you have Netflix? So I know who I'm talking to, Netflix people. Okay, a lot of you do. If you don't have Netflix, on Netflix, they have this thing called autoplay, where if you don't, when you're watching a season and the next episode comes, if you don't pause it, it just automatically goes to the next episode. And those of you that watch Netflix, you know how this goes. You're like, oh, I shouldn't. Oh, I should not do this. Oh, I should not do this. Well, you know, we need to find out what happens. We need to see what's going on. I mean, and it's only 44 more minutes. And so let's just watch it. And, and that clock is ticking down from 20 seconds, finally moves to the next episode. And you watch the next episode. You watch the next episode. And you watch the next episode. Okay, I don't binge watch. I just don't do this. But a couple of weeks ago, I did with the family. We were all sitting around. I had no idea that how many episodes we we were binge watching on Person of Interest, um, which is what pastors do. We watch shows that star Jesus. Um, And so... Some of you are going to have to go home and check that one out. So I'm, I'm either watching The Passion of the Christ, I'm praying, or I'm watching Person of Interest. That's what I do as a pastor. So I'm binge watching this show. 
don't really do that. Uh, and I'm binge watching, and, and it all of a sudden, boom, this comes up on the screen. Are you still watching? I've never seen this before. How many of you? Come on, it's church. Be real. Oh, man, look at you people. You need to get a life. So what's wrong with you? Y'all need to get saved. That's what y'all need right now. We got something for you to do. Man, okay, so this comes up on the screen. Are you still watching? This means that you have just completely checked out. Listen, when you get weary, when, when you get burdened, like Jesus is talking about here, it is easy to hit autoplay and just check out. Like to just go through the motions. Just kind of like existing, like you're, you're numb, you're, you're not present, you're there, but you're, you're not really there. It happens with your family, doesn't it? Like you're, you're sitting down and your spouse is, is talking to you and you're having a conversation and, and, and you're thinking you've just got so much on your mind, whether it's a bill or something at work or something with the kids, whatever it might be that has got you completely upside down and they've been talking to you and then your, your family, your, your spouse is looking at you and then they look at you and they say, are you still, still watching? Are you here? Are your kids, uh, dads? Come on, dads, this happens to us, happens to moms too, but it happens to dads. Man, your kids, you come home and, man, you're exhausted. You've been working hard. I said, I'm a a dad to the fourth power. Every dad comes home completely exhausted, and you're already carrying work in. And then you've got the stress of going to the mailbox, and you pick up what's at the mailbox, and you come inside, and your kid's there, and the kid wants your attention and your time and your energy, and, and you're not there. And so your kid looks up at you and says, hey, dad. You still watching? You go to work, you're sitting in a meeting, but you're not really in the meeting because you, you're not even thinking about what's happening, and your coworkers are like, hey, you, you still, are you still watching? It can even happen in our relationship with Jesus. Those of us that are followers of Jesus, the ones who, who should be looking at the teachings of Jesus and living by the teachings of Jesus, it can even happen to us that we can just put it on autoplay, that Maybe that's where you're at today. You, you came in to the service and we sang some songs and you don't even remember what songs that we sang and you heard some scripture being read, but you didn't really hear the scripture. And then you come to this time, this holy moment of communion that we're going to have at the end of our, our service and you just, you just take it and you're just like, yeah, it's the, the, the juice and it's the bread and you just kind of go back to your seat and then sing the song and then you just kind of go out and God turns to you and he says, hey, are you? still watching? It can happen to all of us. It's why Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Some of you, let me just step off for just a second here. Some of you, uh, some of you aren't stressed. You're, you're depressed. You're in a really dark place. Let me just talk to you for just a minute. And if you're not in that place, you need to listen to this. Because somebody sitting right next to you, and it may be a family member, it might not be a family member, is in a really dark place. And honestly, when we think about depression, 
in the context of the church, especially being a follower of Jesus, is if you're struggling with depression, you're also dealing with a lot of guilt and a lot of shame because you're depressed and you're not supposed to be because you're a follower of Jesus. And if you're a follower of Jesus, why would you be depressed? You shouldn't be depressed. What's wrong with you? Pick yourself up, get moving. And so you don't want anybody to know that you're, you're struggling. Can I tell you, that's just ugly. That's from the pit of hell. And if anybody's ever told you that, they are out of line, they are, they are wrong, and they are out of line with the teachings of Jesus, and they're out of line with the teachings of Scripture. I, I, I talked to somebody a few months ago, and they were struggling with the guilt of taking a pill. Oh, you shouldn't take a pill? You're a follower of Jesus. What are you taking a pill for? You're going to a counselor? You just need to read the Bible and pick yourself up. You just need to pray and read the Bible, and you'll be fine. That is said by somebody who has never been depressed. That is said by somebody who's never been in a dark place. I've been there. I've been depressed. I've been in that place where, and if you've been depressed, you know that feeling, you know that feeling where you're laying in bed, and you, you just, you can't move? You, you like physically, you can't, you can't move. And there just seems like there's no way out. I was talking to somebody about this issue with the pill, and what I said to them was, I said, listen, I, I struggle with allergies. I have a lot of allergies. And I said, imagine if, if uh, I decided, hey, I'm not going to take my, my allergy pills. I'm just going to read the Bible, pray, and trust God. <laughs> you would think I'm an idiot. Take the pill, Brad. <laughs> God invented the pill. Take the pill. That'll fix your allergies. I'm not advocating everybody get on a pill. That's not what I'm saying. If that's what you hear, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. But there are times in our lives where God has created things to help us in our time of need. And you, you may need medication. You may need to go see a professional counselor who can help you. But can I add a little something to that as well? You need this. You need this as well. You might need that pill. You might need a counselor to help you through that dark period, but you need the word of God over you as well. This is what walked me out of my dark place. I used to have this black book. It was back before they had cell phones. Do you remember those days? <laughs> they used to have this thing where you actually had to go get it on a line and pick it up. You couldn't carry it around with you. So I had this little black book and and I was in a really, really difficult place. And I started reading the Psalms. You don't think anybody who's ever depressed read the Psalms. I mean, just read them. David was in a really dark place at times. And so I wrote all these scriptures, any scriptures I could find that were helpful, and I put them in this book, and I, I kept it in my back pocket. And, and there would be times I'd be sitting at a stoplight, I'd pull the book out, and I'd just read the scripture and read the scripture read the scripture. Sometimes, and it wasn't just reading it once a day. It was, I, I would literally read, read the word like sometimes every five minutes every five minutes. Because when, as long as my face was in, in the Word of God, as long as I was reading the Word of God, I was okay. And then I would step away from the Word of God, and this dark, dark cloud would come over me. And I could not escape it. And trying to get back to the Word of God was this massive struggle and tension 
but I would go back to it and I would read it over and over and over and over again. And God walked me out and he can do the same for you. He is a God of hope. He is a God of rescue. And he wants to give you rest. So I think we have, I think we have a misunderstanding of, of what rest is. Because what we tell people when they're stressed or they're having a struggle or you're having a difficult time, this is, a, this is totally what we do as, as Christians. We do it all the time. I've said it. You've said it. We, we've all said this. Is, was it, well, you just need to trust God. You know, you just need to give it to the Lord. Have you found yourself saying that? I've said that before. Just trust God. And, and yes, 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 trust God. Just give it to the Lord. Yes, give it to the Lord. But I think we have a misunderstanding of what it means to trust God and give it to the Lord. Let me, let me explain it this way. Dads and moms. Dads and moms, when we, when we go to the public pool, we, when we go to the public pool, it is a completely different experience for each of us, okay? Moms and dads have a completely different mindset when they go to the public pool. Moms, you go to the public pool like you're going on a Caribbean cruise vacation, okay? This, this is what you do. You go to the pool and you're like, you release the animals back into their natural habitat. Do you not? Just go, play. And where do you go? You don't get in the water with them. No mom ever gets in the water with their kids. Where do you go? You go underneath the cabana with your little diet drink and your little magazine, and you're just sitting there. And every once in a while, the kids are like, Mom, Mom. And what do you do? You just look up from your magazine. Oh, Mama loves you. You're so cute. And you go back to your magazine. Dads, when we go to the pool, it ain't like, it's a completely different experience. We don't release the animals back into the natural habitat. They drag us into their natural habitat every single time. And let's not even talk about the fact that we have to take our shirts off in public, show off the dad bod. That's fun. I mean, I struggle every time I go to the pool because I don't want to be a temptation to the ladies. So... <laughs> so. Oh, laugh if you want, ladies. You ladies are like, oh, I wear a one-piece for modesty. That's just for modesty, for the Lord's sake. But you, honey, take your shirt off. Whoa. But dads, you're not going under the cabana, are you? No, you got to get out there in the wild with them. And you know, dads, you better be in shape. You better be well-rested. Because <laughs> when you get into that water, as soon as you hit that water, it's like a pack of piranhas on you. I mean, kids that aren't even, your kids are hanging on you. Who are you? My mom's over there drinking underneath the cabana, and my dad's not here. So we're taking the place of other dads, and we're trying to shake them off is what we're trying to do. Where's us out? You ever taken an elbow to the face from a seven-year-old? It is not pleasant. I mean, you're just like, oh, okay, I can't do that. And they're trying, it is a rite of passage for them to dunk you, is it not, Dad? That's just their whole purpose. They want to get you under that water. This is our mindset with God. This is our mindset when we think about Jesus here talking about rest, is we all want to be the moms sitting underneath the cabana. That's who we want to be. We, we want to be over there and take a break. We want away from it, and we want God to wrestle with our stress and our problems while we kind of kick back and rest. 
So we like look up from our magazine every once in a while. You got it, Jesus? And Jesus is like, I got it. You just rest over there. I got it. But does life work that way? Anybody who's been following Jesus for any amount of time, does, does it work that way? Can I get an amen? Does it, it don't work that way, does it? Amen? Life does not work that way. It's not how it works because you've got to walk out the door and you've got to face that stress. Some of you, you're going to leave here today. You're going to get in the car. You're going to buckle stress into a car seat. Some of you are going to go home tonight and you're going to sleep right next to stress. No elbows, no elbows, no looking. Just keep, keep focused on me. You're going to get up in the morning, you're going to drive to stress. You're going to come home, you're going to open up the mailbox, you're going to pull out stress. Stress does not take a break. Life does not take a break. This is not the kind of rest that Jesus is talking about when he says, I will give you rest. Look at verse 29. He says this, take my yoke upon you. Now, when we hear that... Honestly, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in our context because what is a yoke? But in Jesus' time period, when Jesus was teaching this, it made perfect sense to the people who were there. Take my yoke upon you. What he was talking about is like two oxen who are yoked together in a field. This, this wooden bar that is placed over two animals, and then they would pull together in the field. So what Jesus is saying here is take my yoke upon you. Yoke yourself with me. In other words, Jesus says, I enter into the field with you. I enter into the stress with you, and we're going to begin to move together. That's where the rest is found, when I'm yoked with Jesus, and he moves through the stress with me. So many of us, we have this impression that somehow Jesus is on the side of the field, and he's like directing traffic. Left, left, go left, no, left, a little more, go right. Right, hotter, hotter, cold, cold, Marco, Polo. I mean, does it not feel like that sometimes? It's so frustrating. But Jesus says, no, no, I'm right in it with you. And he says, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find what? Rest for your souls. So the rest Jesus is talking about here is not the rest like a nap or a day off. The kind of rest Jesus is talking about is soul rest. Rest that is deep within me. It's this this peace, this assurance, this this confident hope that Jesus is going to give me rest in the midst of my stress. This is who Jesus was. When he said this, he meant it because Jesus entered into our stressful world, did he not? Left his throne to come and to be with us. And he says, take my yoke. And then he says this, let me teach you. See, the yoke he's talking about here too is not just the yoke like with the oxen, but he's talking about the yoke of the rabbi. This also doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us because not a lot of us are spending a lot of time with rabbis. And in Jesus' day, though, they fully understood what the yoke of the rabbi was. When Jesus said, take my yoke on me, it's the yoke of the rabbi. The rabbis in Jesus' day, what they do is they had teachings. They would take the scriptures and they would interpret the scriptures for the people. And they would recruit followers, disciples, if you would. And these disciples would be handpicked 
by a rabbi. And to be chosen, it was the young Jewish boys who were chosen. They waited their whole life for this moment to be chosen by a rabbi. And they would come under the yoke of the rabbi, come under the teaching of the rabbi. It was really, really a big deal to be chosen by a rabbi. And when you were chosen, you gave up everything. You left your family, and you went and you sat under the teaching of the rabbi. You learned from him as his pupil, as, as his student, and you would learn from him, and, and, and you'd even mimic his moves. How he moved, how he talked, they would try to move like him and talk like him. They'd even try to dress like him. And they had this saying back then, and it was... Big compliment when it was said to the to the disciple is you're covered in the dust of your rabbi. To be covered in the dust of your rabbi was an incredible compliment. What that meant is you're following so closely behind the rabbi, you're so close behind him that the dust from his sandals is getting kicked up and it's and it's getting all over you. See what you may or may not know is Jesus in his day was also a rabbi. He was a teacher. So what Jesus was saying here is, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to teach you. Learn from me. So you and I have the opportunity to be covered in the dust of our rabbi, Jesus. Covered in the dust of who he is. is, Are you walking so close to Jesus that you're covered in the dust of of the rabbi. Because when that dust of Jesus, when it, when it gets on you and it covers you, it brings you rest in the midst of stress. Like when you are covered in the dust of scripture, if you wonder, man, why am I so stressed? Why can I not escape it? I would ask you this, are you covered in the dust of scripture? Like it's just all over you. Because Jesus wants to teach you as he did his disciples. Are you covered in the dust of prayer? Man, I'm just so worn out. I'm so frustrated. And I'm just going 100 miles an hour. And I don't know where the stop button is. And it's just overwhelming me. And it's piling up. Are you ever stopping and just sitting and getting covered in the dust of prayer? I found that whenever I stop and I just pray, peace comes, rest comes. I think for a lot of us, we're going so fast, we forget who we're following. Instead of following after the rabbi, instead of following after Jesus, we're we're chasing after this and chasing after that, and we're following after this and we're following after that, and we're covered in the dust of of the wrong thing. See, the dust of this world, it'll choke you out every time. The dust that you're following, if it's not the dust of Jesus, it will choke you out. It will not bring you life. But when you turn and you start to get covered in the dust of Jesus and you start to get the Holy Spirit who says he promises to walk with us day in and day out. Jesus walked with the disciples. The Holy Spirit walks with us day in and day out. You begin to get covered in the dust of the Spirit of the living God. And suddenly I find rest in the midst of stress. Let's bow our heads. I want to pray for you.
just in this moment, let's just stop and and rest. What is God saying to you today? What's your next step? What's he asking from you? What are you asking of him? Get covered in, in his dust right now. Just allow him to cover you. Just sense his presence. We talk first to those of you that are a follower of Jesus. Maybe for you today, you're saying, man, stress is really owning me and I need to say yes to rest. I need to be covered in the dust of Jesus. I need to get a little closer to Jesus. I've identified an area of my life that I need to surrender to him and I need to give over to him and I need to start getting a little closer in this area towards him so he can speak to me. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to know who you are. Would you just slip up your hand if you've identified an area and there's something you need to surrender to him today. You desire to be covered in his dust that he would give you peace. Hands everywhere. Hands are up everywhere. Give these people rest, I pray, Father. Give them rest. May they sense your Holy Spirit infiltrating their soul in this moment. If you're not a follower of Jesus, this rest is promised for you, but you can't find it apart from him. Jesus, son of the living God, came and spoke over us to say, this is who God is. Maybe you have a a bad concept of who the father is. It's Father's Day and you're just a little jacked up because of your father. This is your father. This is what he says to you. Come to me. You're weary, you're burdened, I will give you rest. Maybe your earthly father hasn't done that for you. And let me just say for that, I am so sorry. But your heavenly father will always give you rest. He'll always take your burden. He'll always lift you up. He'll always give you hope. But it begins by placing your faith and your trust in him. So today, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you into a relationship with him. What does that mean? It just simply means that you turn from your sin. You acknowledge, I'm a sinner. I messed up and I've hurt people and I've hurt myself, but I I, I want to set that aside. Now I want to turn and I want to begin to follow after him. Or maybe you've been away from God for a long time. You followed him once, but you just got, you just drifted. You're just way far away from him and you just need to come back to him today. I will not embarrass you. I won't point you out. I just want to know if I can pray for you today. And if that's you and you say, man, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus today for the first time, or maybe you're saying, I'm coming back to him. I need that rest. Would you just raise your hand just so I know who you are? Thank you. Thank you in the front row. All right, anybody else? Over here on the side in the middle. In the middle, I got you. Anybody else? Thank you on the front row. Here in the middle. God, thank you for these men and women who are making this commitment and saying, I want to follow after Jesus. And I pray in this moment they would know and be confirmed that their sins are forgiven, that they have new life. That you are a loving father who says, I forgive your sin. You are my child. Now come find rest for your soul. We praise you for that today in Jesus' name. 
Everybody said, amen. Let's give God a hand clap for what he's doing.